The Holy Gospel of our Lord, Jesus Christ, according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing, and yield thirtyfold, and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones along the path. Where the word is sown, when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, good morning again. If you would, I'm going to say one more short prayer as we prepare to hear from this passage of God's Word. Dear Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. And in the oldest prayer of the church, I pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, this week we're diving right back into the book of Mark. We've been making our way through the book of Mark, and I've waited to preach on this passage, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. We also preached on this passage about a year and a half ago as we were going through the book of Luke, and I'm delighted to now preach on it as we're looking through the lens of Mark. And it's especially fitting with the time of the year, actually this exact date, because today is a special day for our church. It was exactly one year ago that I sat in front of you and presented the opportunity to buy just under eight acres of land right uh, down the road that would serve as the future home of the Daniel Island Fellowship. We had driven by a property time and time again, and we just said, God, there's something pulling us towards this property. And so we went to prayer. Our leadership went to prayer. We went into due diligence on this property. In the first week of June last year, we presented it to, to you. And now I recognize some of you weren't here, but that's okay because you're here now, and now you're part of this story. 
So it was a year ago that we were presented with the opportunity to buy this land, and we had done so much due diligence that we had kind of used up all of our time. In fact, we had three weeks to raise the money to buy this land. And people thought we were crazy. Some of you thought I was crazy. Some of you thought our staff, our leadership was crazy. But we said, of course we're crazy, but we think God's calling us to press into this. And for those of you who are new and, and weren't around, let me show you where the land's at. And so this is a map of uh, our side of Daniel Island. And we're right here on the, the, the lower end here. And if you go out and take a left and then an, another left, uh, there's property on St. Thomas Island Drive that's cleared uh, on the right-hand side. And it's a gorgeous piece of property. It wasn't always so gorgeous, however. In fact, uh, the history with the property is some doctors had bought it and cleared it to try to develop it. They tried to be developers. Well, they're not developers. And so they said, we've got to move the property. We've got to sell the property. And when we first started looking at the property, it was in pretty rough shape. And and especially the soil was in rough shape. Now, if you look closely, I'm going to walk over again, pointing here. There's some uh, angels here on the property. Uh, that's Kathy Amendoli on the right-hand side. And that's Pastor Jim up in the berm on the left-hand side, avoiding rattlesnakes. And then you've got this mud pit in the middle. You see, what had happened is they had cleared the land, and they had pushed the topsoil into these piles um, in which weeds were growing, and kind of like berms. And then these mud pits, they were the, the, the fan favorites of the local mudding community. In fact, we did have to pull out trucks from this property. And people had been partying on the property. And so some of these mud holes were three to four feet deep. And yet we were able to purchase this property at the end of uh, last June. It was a miraculous moment. And then um, we knew we needed to be patient and prayerful with the property to really prep it in the right way. And so we waited uh, through the fall into the spring to start clearing the land and preparing the soil. And a lot of preparation had to take place. In fact, we designated, there's a team in here. Where's Rich Loudon? I'm going to embarrass you. Rich is the head of our Diff land team. And others in here have, have helped him, like uh, Blake Stallings and Kim Shermersine in the first service. And some of you have provided so much sweat equity because uh, we needed to level the land, get rid of the low spots, get rid of the mud. Um, believe it or not, this is a, a jacuzzi. Um, it, it came with the property, um, and it was rotten and broken, but someone graciously put it there for us. We had to clear out with, with dump trucks. We had to get in there and clear out the garbage. But we had to be patient, and, and our goal in the next year or two was just to seed the land. So we could use it as fields. And then our goal is to make the biggest fire pit in Charleston so we can gather on the land and celebrate and come together as a community of faith and prayerfully grow up. And at the right moment, we'll start to build our future church home there. And so I'm, I'm delighted to share this picture from last month. And so Rich and the team, uh, they were out there working the land and then we uh, hired out uh, the, you know, the heavy lifting and they spread out the soil, and they cleaned it up. They, they got rid of the garbage, and they got rid of the low spots, and they put in this gravel driveway so we can actually go onto the land. And, and they're preparing it for, for, um, for the planting of seed, the sowing of seed. And not only did they have to come in with dump trucks, remove the garbage, level the land, then they had to disc the property. 
Then they had to drag the property to get all the debris behind the disking. And then we seeded the property. And I'm delighted to share this picture from just this week. But it's so lush and it's so green. It's so exciting. If you've not driven down St. Thomas Island Drive and looked right, please do so. And you're welcome to go park and pray over the property. You have our blessing. And we'll get out there soon enough. We've even subcontracted with big mowing company to take care of that for us. We're excited about the future of what God's going to do through this property. But just like the property, Jesus speaks to us. Just like this property needed uh, some work on its soil, so we need some work on our souls. You see, in this passage, it's called typically the parable of the sower. I'd rather call it the parable of the soil or the parable of the fertile heart. And Jesus says, much like soil, we all walk in today with different conditions of the heart. Everyone in here has some condition of the heart. Some walk in with hard hearts. Some walk in with shallow hearts. Some walk in with crowded hearts. And some walk in with fertile hearts. And we're going to dive into these, these, uh, the, the message that Jesus has for us today. A little background on this particular passage. Uh, in Mark, Jesus is growing in popularity. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people following him, taking interest in his words. So there were a lot of people. Many have come to see Jesus, and Jesus sees the many. In fact, he wants everyone to be able to hear what God has uh, tasked him to communicate and do. So he gets in a boat so his voice will project louder over the crowds. And, and I imagine, just like some of you here today, some came to see Jesus but were hoping to not be seen by Jesus. Some wanted to sample Jesus but not commit to him. You see, we all approach Jesus in this Christian faith from various points of view, with various conditions of the heart. And if you dive just a little deeper into this text, the first word Jesus starts his message with is so important. And it's the word listen or hear. You see, for the Jewish people, this would have been a moment where all ears perked up, all eyes lift up. The word is Shema. Shema! And you can just imagine that word traveling amongst the people. Why? Because the religious leaders of that day started every, moment, every day uh, with a prayer that started with Shema from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Shema, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You've heard that, some of you, before. Jesus is leveraging and using the same word saying, Mike, Amy, Jonathan, Shema. And it's a rooted word. And it doesn't just mean to hear. It means to pay attention, to respond, to obey. And even in the Psalms, you hear King David writing, Shema, O God. Hear me, O God, according to your promises. And over and over and over again, you see this word used in the Scriptures. Well, Jesus in the boat says to the people, Shema, hear what I have to say. And then he starts in, 
and he first addresses the hard hearts. He says, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. And the sower sows the word, the word of God. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. And when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. The hard heart knows what it's like to be on the path and to be trampled on again and again and again, and they trust nobody. Back in those days, the farms and the farming land, they would be long, narrow strips of fields, and there'd be these paths that the sower would walk down with a pouch of seed, and, and he would be casting and sowing the seed, and, and some seed would fall along the path, only to be crushed by the feet of those who would walk the path, only to be crushed by the hooves of the animals that would walk the path, only to be crushed by the wheels of the carts that would go on the path. And so it is with them, and so it is with some of you today. Some of you come in here, and you're beaten up. You've been trampled on, and if you're honest, you're having trouble trusting anyone, including God. Uh, just this year, my wife, uh, she had a friend come to her. And this friend had uh, shared with my wife that someone she looked up to all her life in her Christian journey had suddenly uh, contracted a horrible disease. And on the deathbed of this friend that this uh, person looked up to, the, 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 the older person started to, to uh, shake and, and become depressed and distraught with their own faith journey. And at one point said, I, I don't know what I believe anymore to my wife's friend. And it really shook up the friend so much so that she herself went into a dark place, a depressed place, and said to Carly, I'm not sure what I believe anymore. Why would, this, why would God do this to her and to me? And you see, some of you have that same question, where is God in my suffering? Where is God in my loss? You're so trampled on and beat up. It reminds me, Carly said not to use this illustration but I don't care because I like it. She says, some of your staff weren't even born then. I said, I don't care, I like it. Do you remember in the movie Forrest Gump, the older people in the room, some of you younger people have seen it. But Captain Dan is there with Forrest, and they're in a boat, they're in a shrimping boat. And Captain Dan has experienced so much loss in his life, and they're catching nothing. And at one point, he turns to uh, Forrest Gump, and he says, where, where the expletive is this God of yours? And you see, that's what some of you guys are asking even today. You've experienced so much hardship that your heart is calloused. And out of that experience, they launched Bubba Gump Shrimp Factory, or Bubba Gump Restaurants, or whatever. But just like, just like uh, Lieutenant Dan, we need a breakthrough, don't we? Some of us. Some of us need God's mercy to, to literally fall out of the heaven or fall from the lips of someone around us. Some of us need a breakthrough. We need healing. We need to know that we can trust this God. The hard heart needs a breakthrough. The second heart is the shallow heart. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. 
And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no, excuse me, and they have no root in themselves, but endure it for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Whereas the hard heart knows what it's like to be trampled on and struggles to trust anyone, the shallow heart lives for the moment and moves from one fad to the next. As I was thinking about this heart, the shallowness of this heart, it reminds me of a friend. I have a friend that gets so excited with new hobbies or activities that he'll immediately post that he's doing on social media. He'll make posts about what he's doing. And so he might join CrossFit and, and declare his love and dedication for CrossFit. And I'll see him in like a month. And I'll say, how's CrossFit? And he says, oh, I had, I had to drop out. That was pretty challenging. And I tweak, tweaked my ankle. You know, right? And some of us, we, we, we jump into the latest diet craze, right? You know, the friend might say, hey, like, I'm going on a kale and quinoa diet for the next, you know, eight years of my life. <laughs> and then we're at the local Chick-fil-A and I see that guy getting a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and I'm like, what happened? He's like, I'm not a rabbit. I just can't live on quinoa and kale, Right? And, 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 and on it goes, you know, and especially when hardship comes, right? When difficulties come, if you have a shallow heart, you just bounce. And it says, especially when difficulties come. And um, I came across a quote from Tim Keller this week, who's a pastor in New York City, uh, that I think calls out the shallow heart. It says, everyone says they want community and friendship, but mention accountability or commitment to people, and they run the other way. And surely uh, you've experienced this, or maybe this is who you are. But as I said, I think I said when we were welcoming the new members to our church, here's the deal. We're all abandoned misfits. We're not here because we're perfect. We're here because we need God's, God's grace to redeem us over and over and over again. And just as we, as we receive God's grace, we need to extend it. Right? So as well as the hard heart needs a breakthrough, the shallow heart simply needs to grow in depth. It needs to grow roots. The third heart, the crowded heart. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. There are those who hear the word, but the cares, or literally means the distractions of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. The crowded heart lives with competing agendas and will eventually be choked out. The crowded heart will eventually burn out. In Daniel Island, in Charleston, this hits us right between the eyes and right in the heart. Uh, this has been an ongoing prayer and struggle for my particular family. What takes priority in our lives? And I've shared some of this before, um, but it's still even fresh as of the last month. And uh, where does family time take priority? Where does our relationship with God take priority? Where does our relationship with the church take priority? I mean, even over the last month, we, we, uh, we had an opportunity 
to uh, participate in youth basketball on Sundays and um, Sunday mornings. And um, we just, as a family, we, we really stepped back and prayed about it. And we just said, we, we just, we're not going to do that. But it seems like every kid's activity, every kid's activity seems to like invade your own precious time and where no time is now sacred. In fact, I would say that perhaps the, the world's priorities are these. Kids and kids' activities. Like uh, Carly was sharing, like even uh, as we were preparing the sermon together, she's like, one of my most fearful moments is when we meet the new coach and he gives the new practice schedule and the new game schedule. Because that's law. Like pretty much if you get that schedule, there's no... There's no flexibility with that. And it might be 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock on weeknights. No more family time or family dinner. It might be on Sunday morning. We had a situation this year where we had games at 8 p.m. on like a Wednesday night and 6 a.m. practices on Thursday morning in totally different locations. It's nuts. And what happens is you end up, you think, hey, if I do this, it'll be all right, but it'll choke you out. You'll wipe yourself out. But the world says, if, if you take care of your kids, it'll be all right. Or you take care of your finances. Let's say you don't have kids, right? And you're, you're climbing this financial ladder, this ladder of success. And if I could only get to that next rung on the ladder, then I'll start being generous with my church. I'll start this process of tithing, or I'll start doing this and that. Or maybe it's the pleasure and wellness, right? Maybe if I'm just taking care of my body, eating well, exercising well, all things will fall into place, and then marriage, and then church. At least this is the lens I see happening around Daniel Island, and I'm challenged by it, and our family's challenged by it, and I think God is challenging us in this moment by it. Is your life being crowded out? And uh, I just want to say this, perhaps what the world defines as good is not God's best. Perhaps what the world defines as good is not God's best for you and your kids. And specifically just on the richest front, there's a famous evangelist called Billy Sunday. He predated Billy Graham, but was one of the most famous evangelists in the 20th century. He had been a pro baseball player and then had this huge conversion and became an evangelist. And he wrote these words, Riches have uh, never yet given anybody, anybody either peace or rest. Do you believe that? See, Jesus is saying some of us really, really struggle with crowded hearts. And what I love about the summer is we get a chance to reset and clean out our hearts. Whereas, whereas the hard heart needs a breakthrough, the shallow heart needs to be driven down and rooted, the crowded heart needs to be cleared out and just needs to hit reset. And the question is, how do you keep the main thing the main thing? Loving God and loving your neighbor. And I think in this summer we have opportunities, frankly, especially the parents, but all of us, and how we use that which God has given us to review and reflect and then plan accordingly in the month or school year ahead. And then the last heart is the fertile heart. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones... Um, who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. It repeats it. 
the fertile heart doesn't just show up. It says, I'm going to grow up in Christ. And that's what Jesus is saying. I'm going to really embarrass someone in this room, but he knows I love him. And this illustration is just too sweet not to share. So some of you know my friend Mason. Mason and I grew up together in a little town in central Florida. And somehow, uh, he's now here in our church. And he had been an executive chef in Los Angeles, felt God calling him to move back to Charleston, where he went to college. And he moves back, and he takes another high, you know, fancy job in the, in the Charleston culinary scene. And he's working till 2, 3 in the morning. And uh, it's a rough scene, but nonetheless, it looks good, pays good. But he just felt God calling him to pivot and make an adjustment. So he resigns that job and takes a little job at a beautiful camp called Camp St. Christopher uh, down near Esto. Who here has been to Camp St. Christopher? Raise your hand. So typically, executive chefs don't then go and work as a sous chef at Camp St. Christopher. But God was calling Mason to that camp, and wouldn't you know it, within a couple weeks of being at the camp, they said, oh, surprise, you're being uh, recruited to take over all the food services for Camp St. Christopher. And what an honor. And, and Mason said, uh, I, I just love my job. And I love what God's doing there. I get to pray with my staff and over my staff every day. And campers come, 100, 200 plus people. I get to pray before the meal, meals over the campers. And he said, I don't know what I'm doing, but God has me doing it. That's why I want to meet with you. How do I grow in my relationship with Jesus? I'm ready to take that next step. And, and, and so we talked about it, and he said, you know, uh, just a week or two ago, I was invited to pray over a meal, and I prayed over a meal. And after the meal, 150 kids, a woman comes up to me, and she said, I just want you to know, the food was good, but your prayer was great. You see, some of us are, are allowing God to plant a new work in our hearts right now. And there's waiting and watching and planning and praying, right? It's not all happening at once. It's been a three-year journey for Mason. And he's still journeying. But God promises that if you accept him with a fertile, open heart, he will bring about a harvest that you could never bring about yourself. 30, 60, 100-fold, where we could point at your life and say, that has to be God, alive and rich. That has to be God, alive and blaze. That has to be God, alive and Meredith. You see, the fertile heart simply needs to stay the course with an open posture to what God is doing both now and in the not yet. So in closing, I just want to ask, where are you today? What's the condition of your heart today? And as I was preparing the sermon, I recognized that even in my own life, I've had different chapters. Um, my teen years were filled with so much loss and pain, and I had shut my heart off to God. Now, clearly, Carly and I are struggling with crowded hearts. How about you? Where are you at today? You see, I think the gospel of Jesus Christ, this seed is offered to everybody, but only those with fertile hearts will accept it.
And I think God is saying, I want to plant eternity in the hearts here in this room, not just for them, but to spread my seed, to sow that seed 30, 60, 100 fold to others through them. Not just so they, you know, are locked up for eternity, but they are agents of eternal love. And that's what I believe God's calling us to in this moment. And ironically, especially as we celebrate the seed that is blooming, that's growing, that's lush in our field, about a mile behind us. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close with a word of prayer. And I just want to close with this one image. Jesus was either reckless or radically generous as he described the sower. Why? Because he threw seed on the hard hearts. He threw seeds on the shallow hearts. He threw seeds on the crowded hearts, and he threw seeds on the fertile hearts. This is for every single person in this room, this message. And he's radically generous and scandalous in his love to you. So I'm going to close in prayer. If you feel like God is moving in your life right now, in this moment, I invite you to simply have your palms move from downward to upward in a posture of receiving. And I'm going to pray for you. So uh, let's bow our heads, and I'm going to pray that God would uh, sow his seed afresh in this room and in the hearts today. So dear Heavenly Father, we first celebrate that you sent your Son not to condemn us, but to love us and to give us new life. God, I pray for the hard hearts in the room where they're struggling even to trust you. I pray that their their hearts and their fists would no longer be clenched but be open and in their hands and their lives you would pour out your mercy and your healing and your grace. God, for those who are bouncing from one thing to the next that are shallow hearts, God, we pray that you would not only convict them, but call them to yourself. And be at this church or another church that they would love and be loved well. God, for us that are struggling with crowded hearts, would you give us wisdom and courage to say yes to the things that you're calling us to and perhaps no to the things you're not calling us to? And God, I pray that you want to unleash the heavens and pour out your spirit in the fertile hearts and all of our hearts today. Plant eternity in us. And may we go with the word and so see love grace and truth to our neighbor, to our families, to our world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.